What's up, guys, people? I'm your host, Jay Will. This is Inspire Guys People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. How y'all feeling, man? Hopefully everybody's doing good out there. We got another great show. You know what I'm saying? Um, I know, you know, a little a little while ago, y'all just, you know, some of y'all were celebrating Halloween. So we're going to bring some word up in here to cleanse y'all, man. Cause, you know, I know y'all was out there wilding. Um, you know, I was at home chilling. You know what I'm saying? I actually, let me say this. When it comes to Halloween, hopefully, you know, I don't think my neighbors know I got a podcast. They don't know me that well. So hopefully none of these people see this in my community. But um, I guess away, man. I'm going to just be real. Like, people that know me know I don't want to be home on Halloween because it's too much for me. It's people knocking at your door. I try turning off the lights. Uh, it's just too much. I ain't judging y'all. Y'all Look, it is what it is. Y'all do what y'all do. Uh, I was chilling uh, with my in-laws. We was, we was low-key. So, um, look, today, all jokes aside... Um, we're going to dive into some apologetics. Y'all know this is a faith in business podcast. So, you know, when we get into the faith topics, I'm passionate equally about both, but this is important. Y'all know that I'm about sound doctrine. Uh, we've talked a lot about that through the years on this show and we've had apologists before. Um, uh, but I think it's so important to, you know, actually understand the word of God, not just rock with your feelings. Y'all know, y'all know how y'all are out there. Sometimes we like to just hear stuff to sound good. So every now and then I like to get us back you know, huddle us up and, and talk to some individuals who are well-versed in the word of God and not just reading or knowing the word of God, but like being able to rightly divide us. So we're going to talk about some things uh, with our guest, Miss Titus today. Um, so we're going to learn a little bit about her background, but also walk through the word. So this is for the people that's hungering and thirsting for the, for the wor word. Y'all know we talk a lot about success and faith in business, but I'm going to be real with y'all. If you out here just trying to be successful just for money or get your name and lights and all that, like you missing the whole point of this show. That's why I strategically named it Inspire God's People so that no matter how much we talk about other things, that those things are rooted in sound doctrine. So I'm going to really be quiet right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to play this video intro. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then y'all got to check us out on YouTube or Facebook um, and see the video. You know what I'm saying? I'm working hard. I'm editing stuff. We're trying to grow. Um, I appreciate you listening on Apple Podcasts, but I mean, at least like just watch the YouTube for five minutes and then uh, check out the short clips we produce every day. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. Um, and then also my guest today, you're going to be able to see all of her information and find her at the links in the description of the show. So look in there for the YouTube, for the Instagram. I think we're going to have an amazing time. Again, I'm going to be quiet right now because I've talked like two minutes too long, to be honest, like two minutes too long. I've talked. But uh Let's do this. Stop saying what you gonna do till you do what you said. When you opened that Bible, you knew what you read. You felt it deep in your soul. The promise did not expire. Be inspired. I can see beyond the tears you cry. And the pain you feel. I saw every hill you had to climb. Just to make it here. When you say you ain't afraid to die. Is it fake or fear? Yo. What's up? What's up? Miss Titus, how you feeling? Welcome to the show. Oh, I think we lost your audio somehow. I can't hear you. I'm so so sorry. Oh, uh, it's all me. good. It's all good. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. Very well. Um, I'm excited to have you on today's show, man. Uh, you know, yesterday was Halloween and um it's one of those things where I actually, I'm going to be real. Like people out there know I'm crazy. I didn't really plan it like that. 
And I really was planning to do this show as like a pre-record. Uh, and I just realized like I actually hit live. So we are actually <laughs> live. Like That's just what happens. And my people on Inspire Guys, people know when I make a mistake, we have made mistakes through the years. Like we roll with it. We own it. And we, we are live right now. So here we go. Day after uh, Halloween. How you feeling? I am feeling good. Um, today, I've just been thinking about takeoff and, and all that stuff going on with that. So I'm a little bit down because of that. But let's let yeah. you know what? Let's jump right in right there. Um, Like since you brought it up, t tell me what your thoughts are about that. Like we know that, you know, for anybody out there, I'm, I'm assuming most people who are watching this are are going to know that um, the young young man from a part of the Migos lost his life last night in Houston um sad like super sad situation uh what are, what are your thoughts because i know that you know a lot of people have been talking about rappers um passing and 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 so on and so forth and getting murdered really um so just how you feel about that and what was your thoughts when you you know came across that that story popped on your screen this morning i was shocked um and i'm not gonna pretend like i'm, I'm a huge amigos fan i really know much about their music because i didn't um, but I have friends and family members and stuff who are like, oh, the Migos, Migos, Migos. So when I heard the news, I was like, no, they must be talking about somebody else because this person is too famous to have lost their life. And so when I realized that he actually had passed, I just thought it was so tragic, especially with his age and just thinking about the content of the music. I'm like, did this person know the Lord? Because if they didn't, just the, the thought of them being separated from God for eternity, like I think. All Christians should feel that right here, right? Yeah. And that's a part of the reason, you know, that we we have these platforms so we can help share the gospel because all of us are gonna be on the other side one day and we need to prepare for that. So I'm just it's just a heavy event and I, I, I hate that that happened to him. Yeah, and I'm I'll be real too. I'm in a similar situation. I've I actually I've never heard the I'm sure I've heard the Migos because like I watched the NBA and I've seen them on the commercials and stuff, but like I've genuinely never actually heard one of their songs or don't know their music, but I've seen their faces. I've seen them around at a lot of sporting events and things. That's typically how I tend to know about artists and stuff is like they into basketball some way. Um, and I do, of course, you got Yahoo or something. You can't check your email these days without just seeing things um, thrown in front of you. So the same thing, I think for me, like the funny thing is I have a song uh, with my brother Gabriel Parker called The Other Side. And that's like what it's about, what you just said. And it's like this dilemma between like on this side, we see things a certain way, but we ignore the fact that we are going to end up on the other side. And um, I think that's a good lead in into the fact that, you know, um, you know, you are you describe yourself as a Christian who loves theology and apologetics. Mm -hmm. And when you think about that, can you like for anybody out there who doesn't know what apologetics is? Can you um, maybe talk a little bit about theology and apologetics, like just to just for like a from an elementary beginning level? If somebody out there like I never heard about that, like apologize. What's that? You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> no, nah, like so. So let us know what that's about. I sympathize with those people because I once was that person. And honestly, it wasn't that long ago. So you are totally fine. Um, but apologetics is defending the faith. And it's called that because of the word apologia that's in First Peter 315 where Peter is telling people to always have a defense for the reason for your faith. So 
Um, we we look at Christianity not just from the scriptures, but also like from his history. Like, how do we know that what we believe is actually true? So it's defending the truth of what's written in the Gospels and throughout the the Bible. So that's just a general breakdown of what apologetics is. And why do you think that's important? So like, if somebody out there like, you know what, I, I like, I go to church. Like, it is what it is, fam. Like, why do I? need to now also be into apologetics or defending the faith, even though, like you just said, it's actually in the Bible. But why do you think it's important? Well, because for so many people, faith isn't enough. I was a Christian long before I knew what apologetics was. I heard the gospel. I read through the Bible. I loved the message of the gospel. And that was enough for me to be a Christian. That's not enough for every other person right because so, i grew up in the church i grew up in a, in a christian household so it was just kind of it was ingrained in me and then as i grew i was like okay yeah i like this this sounds good to me but then i started to think like what if i am wrong because i have friends who have other belief systems so should i be should i remain a christian just because i was born in a christian household or is there something, um, is Christianity true? Is the gospel true? Because if it's not true, then I shouldn't follow it. But if it is true, and I, I can use this to help explain to people their need for Jesus and, and salvation, then why wouldn't I use it? For me, finding out that I don't just have to rely on blind faith to support <laughs> my belief, <laughs> yeah. that was liberating for me. Like, it's not just, well, I believe it and you don't. So you know, it I guess what you it is hell because you don't have enough faith. It's like, right. no, because a lot of people, especially with our society now, they're trying to influence people to not believe that God exists and especially not the Christian God. So I think it's a great evangelistic tool. So for those who have friends who are different cults or atheists or whatever, like being able to defend your faith really could be that thing that pushes someone to believe the gospel. How like that's those are great points. How often have you had to utilize apologetics for like a maybe you know no offense y'all out there like a carnal Christian or a superficial surface level Christian that you know like I think one of the you know a term that kind of flies out there it ain't that deep. A lot mm -hmm. of times people um, even that grew up in church I like same as me I grew up in church but a lot of people they like it ain't that deep and because they grew up in it, they're so used to having one foot in and one foot out. It's almost mm -hmm. like code switching where like some people know how to be in church and then literally like just turn it off without thinking about it um, when they walk out those doors. So like, do you think that apologetics is something that could be useful for Christians as well or no? I definitely think it's useful for Christians. But what you just said was important because it seems like Christians who attend church and that's really the the whole of their Christian life, they are the ones who really don't, they don't see the need for it as much. And I think it's because they don't evangelize. But when you're actually believing the stuff that you read in the gospels, you know that we're all going to die one day. All of us are, are accountable. Like we're going to have to stand before the Lord. If you really love people, you're going to want to help them not end up somewhere where they don't want to be. Right. So our, the whole point of the great commission is for Christians to convince people of why they need the Lord. So unless you're not trying to convince people, to me, that's the only thing that makes sense as to why you wouldn't need apologetics because you're not trying to win anybody into the kingdom. And like, that's a great point. I also think 
if we being real, like you said, me growing up in church as well, that blind faith is great. Like, don't get me wrong. It's, it's amazing. But there does come a time in life for everybody where, like you said, whether it's a friend, a coworker, where somebody have you like, hmm, like, and you start second guessing and doubting. And the, and the reason that I appreciate people like yourself and, you know, my homeboy, Lavelle Neal, um, Elder Mike Holloway, you know, people that I know in, here in the, in the Detroit area is because we've all had those moments of doubt. And when I started seeing people who didn't run from that, but they ran to figuring it out, I was like, okay, I like this. Like, I like this idea of like not having to hide like, oh, we're not going to talk about this because we don't want Christianity to be exposed. I love the idea of kind of talking about things in the forefront. So I, I would agree. So for you, Miss Titus, where did this love or interest for apologetics start? Like if let's let me say this, like if I went to high school or college with you, would this have been something I expected you to get into? Or was it like at some point like a, a huge switch? Like like where did this interest come from? There definitely was a switch. There's some things that led up to it. So. I would say I was technically doing a, a low level form of apologetics in, in high school and college because I was familiar with the scriptures, but it was just the scriptures. It wasn't all of the, you know, all of the things outside of the Bible that kind of, sorry, I'm getting lost in my thoughts here, but I guess <laughs> the, what I'm trying to say, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, but yeah, I was I would be defending the Bible to my friends in high school. Like, did you know the Bible says this? Did you know the Bible says this? But that was the extent of it. But what really pushed me over the edge into apologetics is I had a friend from church who converted to becoming a Hebrew Israelite. And so we started to have regular debates. I'm like, I don't know why he's wrong, but I know he's wrong because Hebrew Israelism tends to be very combative. Uh, you you got to keep the laws. It's very works-based, right? And I knew that. I'm like, okay, we're saved by grace, by faith, through faith. And it's not anything that we can do. It's something that Christ gave as a free gift to us. But he's saying <laughs> that you have, you pretty much have to work for it. And I'm, I'm like, dude, you know that we can't keep all of the law, right? Like, that's kind of hard. But anyway, as we're having these debates, I'm realizing that while he's wrong about major things, like major things, right. I'm also wrong about certain things, right? And even before that, um, our family, we went to this church one day because we, ha we had like a, a disaster in our neighborhood and this church came in to help us or whatever. So we went to that church and they're preaching that Sunday about modalism, the Trinity and modalism, right? And so I'm like, I'm a Christian, so of course I believe the Trinity. And what I came to realize during that sermon was that I, although I thought I believed the Trinity, what I was believing was a false view of the Trinity, which is modalism. Wow. And so I said, I can't believe this whole, my whole life, I thought God was one person. And now this pastor is explaining to me that there is one God, but this God is three persons. And I, that was like mind blowing for me, right? Right. I'm like, what else do I have wrong? How have I been in church my whole life? Never heard a sermon about the Trinity. And that's important. The character, the, the attributes of God is a big deal. So that was a that was a thing. And getting into fights with Hebrew Israelites on the regular was a thing. So then, <laughs> so then I started reading. Well, yeah, well, okay. So then I started going on YouTube looking for videos 
on Hebrew Israelism and you start to find Christians talking about it. So I think Vocab Malone was one of the first people who I saw discussing it on a regular basis. It's like, oh, he's got a book. Okay, let me read the book. Okay. Then I start going to conferences and I'm like, okay, I'm going to talk about this stuff online. And then I started a YouTube channel. So there's, there's, I'm sorry. I know that was all over the place, but that's that's good. how how I got into it. But that's the funny thing. Like, that's how it happens. Like things like sometimes we try to like frame stuff up in life like, oh, it was this step and this step. And sometimes it's just life happening at different angles that pushes us towards a different way. And I think anybody could relate to that. And so so you talked about your YouTube channel, which is I believe is just Miss Titus, Two. Is that what it is on YouTube? So, y'all, you know, if if you're interested Go check out Miss Titus too. But I also, if you're watching this um, on YouTube, you can go on, on my YouTube, Inspire Guys People, go into the description. The link will be there. Um, that All right, so I was searching. Um, I don't know. I typically search um, Christian businesses or Christian entrepreneurs. But somehow I got like a suggested video from you. And I don't remember if it was on um, Instagram or YouTube or whatever. But I'm going to tell you what the video was. I didn't tell you this. It was the... Kurt Franklin rapping video. Now, I'm going to tell you why it was of interest to me is because, I'm, you know, I'm, I rap. Most people that know me, like, I don't rap as much as I used to, but that, you know, I'm a Christian rapper. So I was offended in multiple ways. And like, hey, God bless you out there, Kurt. If you ever see this, I doubt it. But I was offended in multiple ways at Kurt Franklin's performance personally. And so I wanted to hear, like, I also knew about the the line in there and we could talk about that. I, I believe that's what you were talking about. But that was why I clicked the video, because anybody who was going to explain to me why Kirk Franklin was up there rapping like this, I, I wanted to know, like, what does this person have to say? So can you tell me, uh, let's talk a little bit about your video with that rap for people who saw it. I think it was the Hip Hop BET Awards or something. Uh, what did you talk about that from an apologetic standpoint? And maybe this could be an entry point, like we talked about what apologetics is, but for people to kind of maybe see it from an actual example of like why it's important, even if it's like a beloved figure, which I think people struggle to talk about things and compartmentalize like, hey, we know you love this person. We're not like saying this person is the worst person in the world, but it also doesn't mean that they may not do something publicly publicly that doesn't need to be addressed. So let's talk a little bit about the Kurt Franklin video and, and what your take on that was. Yeah, I love Kirk Franklin just like you, and you'd be surprised, you know, he may he may or may not see this one day, right? right? Um, but I when I saw him on the BT Hip Hop Awards, I immediately felt like Kirk, I'm not sure if that's a great idea because BT from 20 years ago is a little different than it was today. And I'm not and I'm not saying it was great 20 years ago, right? Right. But I'm like, okay, what is he going to say? What is he going to say? And then there's the infamous line, the lion and the lamb will bow down to the goat. And I just thought that doesn't sound very good. But I let that I let that ride for a few minutes, looked on Facebook. I, there's like all my Christian friends are like, what, did, what was Kirk talking about? Did he just say the lion and the lamb will bow down to the goat? So there was a lot of debate amongst ourselves. What did he mean? Was he blaspheming? And so... Um, I was like, I, I don't like this. I don't think he should have stated it that way. But then I had some of my friends in Christian hip hop who said, well, I might agree with you that it didn't sound good. But what he was actually trying to say is, is that Jesus is the greatest of all time. All right. Maybe that is what he was trying to say. 
but it, I don't think that was crystal clear. I don't think that him using that terminology on the platform that he used it on was wise at all. It was just all around confusing. And I still feel as though it was also kind of a, a, a bash at the church. Maybe he didn't mean it that way, but um, I forget what the line was, but he's like, you know, the church is always, the, the church sometimes can make characters. I'm like, why are you going to go on, on a secular platform and say that Jesus is the goat when people already got these conspiracy theories about Baphomet and all that. And then no one else has called anybody else to my knowledge, the lion and the lamb other than Jesus. So to say the lion and the lamb would bow down to the goat, it was just confusing. So I wanted to give Kirk a fair chance and allow people to kind of get their thoughts out on it and also share my views on it. It's still an absolute no for me. I know plenty of Christian rappers who would say, Miss Titus, you're wrong because he was not blaspheming. Maybe he wasn't. I still think the whole thing was a was a bad idea. So those that's my piece on the whole situation. I, I got to be real. I'm with you. Um, just as an artist, and again, I'm not Kirk Franklin. Great. But, you know, when you when you write, whether it be even secular, like, the, the entire point of entendres and similes and metaphors are for them to make sense like that. That's what people don't understand is like and I and I get it. Sometimes people can be cryptic and, you know, they do things in a way. But typically when an artist is cryptic, it's purposeful. Right. Mm -hmm. So my first question just artistically would be, why would Kirk be cryptic when talking about Jesus in that way? So like, just for me, logically, that doesn't add up. You feel me? It's like, if I was going to be cryptic in a, in a song, that ain't the line that I would do it on in right. front of that audience. Mm -hmm. This is an audience that I would think I would be going to, to be very clear. Then yeah. I say this. I don't understand as a Christian artist, why you would do something publicly that you know will be taken a negative way. Like, and not be fruitful. Like some mm -hmm. things you like, I don't care if y'all take a negative cause it's the truth. But it's like, if it's not gonna be fruitful, it's gonna cause division and confusion. It just rubbed me wrong and I just gotta be real. Like this is the part that hurt me to say y'all. Um, As a rap, it was just horrible. Artistically, <laughs> it was horrible. It wasn't, it wasn't a good rap. Like I really don't think it was a good rap. And I'm judging the rap, not the person. This is like when you on American Idol and you say, hey, you go home. Like, I would have sent Kirk home. I'm just being real with you. Sunday best. He didn't send many people home because they couldn't sing. He loved them. God bless you. Out the door. I would have been like, hey, you go. You leave. And that's just me being real. Let's see. Uh, we actually, Fam Johnson, what up, fam? And I saw Tanisha on here earlier. What up, Tanisha? Fam says she think Kirk knew what he was doing. Maybe a little clout chasing. He knows better, and I disagree with Kirk's performance. Fam, I think we on the same page here. Uh... My man, Pastor Gerard Brooks. What's up, uh, Gerardo? He say Kirk is T.O. That's an inside joke. <laughs> I'm not going to tell y'all what it means, but it means that uh, Gerard agrees. So, okay, cool. All right, so we talked about Kirk Franklin. We got that out the way. Yeah, I, um, and I want to say, I think you made a good point because when he said that the church makes characters, that was crystal clear. But when he's talking about the deity of Christ, oh, it's hyperbole. It's just like, if maybe make the hyperbole about the church making characters and not using the hyperbole when we're talking about the deity of Christ. Exactly. And, and, and I think sometimes as believers, we like, all right, so you said something good too. 
and, and we off Kirk now, but I want to deal with the principle of what, what you said. And that is like this idea, like people will say like, all right, let's use going to the BT hip hop awards just as a Christian using your gift or talent as a believer or minister. Right. Cause we like, we go in and out of when it's ministry and when it's not. Um, but we will, you'll hear people say artists, I'm going to be a light in the midst of darkness. Right. And what I struggle with sometimes there, there's really two things I struggle with the light in the midst of darkness. And I'm going to become all things to all men. Let's first deal with the light in the midst of darkness. If I'm going to be a light in the midst of darkness, like, why is it that people do you think get in these environments and it doesn't seem that shining a light is actually what they're doing? And it seems like they're dimming their light to blend in. And again, we're not talking about Kirk now. I'm just talking about for all believers. Like, what is it that you like, in your opinion, that you see just in our society today where Christians are are blending? But it seems that they actually believe that they're being a light. I think we have to be very careful when we surround ourselves with a community of non-believers, right? Now, so Paul says we're in the world, we're not of the world. He he doesn't God doesn't expect us to not communicate and form friendships and relationships with non-believers, but they shouldn't be the main people in your ear because they don't share our worldview. They don't understand what it means to be a Christian. They don't understand the requirements of God. So if you continue to put yourself in these arenas where God is constantly being challenged, sin is constantly being praised, holiness is constantly being like muffled, you know, how how can you really, if you spend so much time there, it's eventually going to affect you. And then if you put on top of that money and being endorsed and going to, you know, headlining concerts, it will be very difficult for a person to not compromise some way, some shape, somehow, if they're always in that that type of scenario. So I think at some point, Christians just have to recognize, like, as much as I would love to be on big stages and all that, if it's going to cause me to not really represent Christ the way he needs to be represented, then maybe I don't need to be a part of it. If Kirk had got up there, or, and I know we're not just talking about Kirk anymore, but whether it's Kirk or anybody else, if he had have gotten up there and really like shared the gospel unashamedly, I think it would have been at least like, okay, he actually did that, but that's just not what happened. And most people, it just seems like once they get those platforms, Jesus gets further and further in the back. So those are my thoughts. Yeah. You said something key too, is like when you surround yourself around non-believers um, and, and especially like in, in a situation all right, I want to say this because, you know, as an artist, I've heard so many arguments through the years, right? You will literally have people to say, hey, well, this is my job. This is how I put food on my table. And this is where, again, you can't go in and out of it conveniently being a ministry because those are two different things. You know, if you work at Target and your boss says you got to ring up five people, right? And then you go on break. Your boss doesn't have to be a believer to tell you that. But then if you say, hey, when I I'm a minister cashier, like it's like, oh, whoa, like, OK, this is something new. And, and it's like, well, if you are in ministry, right, then you don't need to be under the guidance of non-believers. So you might need to go to a Christian target, make your own Christian store or whatever. 
so that when you are ministering, and, and my point with that is, I know for a fact in the music industry and a lot of these business industries, the people in the boardroom aren't believers and their goal isn't to win souls. Their goal is to increase revenue for their platforms and to um, continue to get brand sponsorship dollars from their partners and their marketing partners. So I think sometimes there's that conflict of interest where we just need to be real with ourselves. And you kind of said it like, hey, like, just know yourself. Know when you mm -hmm. what you can and, and can't handle when things like that. Let's let's see what my homeboy Gerard Brooks saying. Kirk is anti-church. Oh, Gerard is gonna take us there. See, I got <laughs> I got the kind of friends that's just gonna you see people follow me, they just gonna say it. Hey, he says he's anti-church. Every opportunity he gets, he throws the church under the bus. Some Christians are so afraid to be rejected by the world that they are willing to make the church look weak and whack. Man. I and I agree. Because this isn't his first time doing something sketchy like that. I'm not going to say every time Kirk gets a microphone that he messes up. Because there's other times I was like, okay, Kirk, good job. But then there's been these, uh, to me, I find it interesting. You, you know, he goes on the Breakfast Club and it's like, oh, I love you guys. You guys are amazing. Then he goes on the Dove Awards and it's like, y'all are racist. So I, got, I just had to say something about racism on the Dove Awards. Then you get on the BT Awards, Roe v. Wade. Everybody's talking about how women should have the right to abort their babies. And he says nothing. I'm just, Kirk, why was racism so important that you could not say anything? But the abortion issue was, oh, that don't have nothing to do with me. I, I think that's hypocrisy. I think it's hypocrisy. I got to agree with that. And that's, look, that's what makes, like, and I, and I want people that's listening to understand something. And I, I really want, I actually want your opinion on this. From the outside looking in, because I'm not an apologist. Like, you know, I'm, I'm really not. I'm I'm not, uh, I don't try to pose to to be like I'm some expert in apologetics. I believe in sound doctrine. Um, I try to know my role and, and, and do what I do. But from the outside looking in, it seems so challenging of a position to have right now, a role to play, because people are so triggered. And even with this, not necessarily with my show, but I'll use Facebook, for instance. I had a Facebook post go viral at the top of the year. It was probably like 150,000 shares or something like that. And I'm going to be real. I actually get irritated. It's not my first post to go viral. I get irritated every time a post goes viral. Every single time it gets on my nerves. Because it what ends up happening is you get all these strangers, really, who are just being negative. And, and my post was literally about inflation. Back in January, though, or it was somewhere between November and January before inflation was as talked about as right now. So it wasn't a popular post. But it's because people were responding emotionally because they have a political tie. And I don't talk in politics. That's I don't talk to people in politics. I'm a human being. So I'm curious for you, um, being someone um, into theology and apologetics, have you found it like, how do you handle because I know you're going to get way more negative comments than I have. I've actually scrolled your comments and saw some of the stuff. How do you deal with that, especially when it gets real personal and people just are emotionally triggered? Like, how do you navigate the waters of trying to actually have a conversation or dialogue or point something out like we did with Kurt? And also being able to go throw in a Kurt Franklin song when you leave here and people mistaking <laughs> it for thinking that you hate Kirk or something. So, like, how do you navigate those waters and apologetics? Well, I have people like usually when I get a lot of negative feedback, I go to people who I, I know will tell me the truth and who are mature. Like, hey, did I say this? OK, could I have said something different? And if they say no, girl, I, you said it, that's pretty much it. Like, that's fine. I'm like, OK, so I do that. And then when I'm going through the comments, I've learned 
to if if it's really negative and there's nothing no good thing can come from me reading the rest of that paragraph i'm just gonna keep scrolling keep scrolling i'll heart the ones that i like i'm like okay this is good some people are liking it not that it's about the likes or the dislikes but hey i encourage myself with the thank you guys who who like my comments and leave me positive comments and then i also have to remember that people aren't rejecting me they're rejecting jesus and it was so comforting to read that scripture for me a few weeks ago he said, you know, don't don't be um, offended when they reject you because it's not about you. They rejected me. And so they're going to reject you. But it's not about you. It's about they don't like who I am, but we're still called to love them. So um, the Lord is dealing with me really praying for these folks, because I know a lot of them are triggered because something I said bothered them. And sometimes being bothered at the truth can be the thing you need to get you to the other side, right? Like we're talking about the other side, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. To get you to the front, like, okay, how can I prove Miss Titus wrong? I would love for them to prove me wrong. Do some research. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I so I'm doing that. a video on something. Do some, prove me wrong. I would love for you to prove me wrong and then stumble on 10 other apologists YouTube pages. So I said all that to say, I try not to read too many negative comments. Some people I will engage with because if I feel like this is something I can actually help with or sometimes you can kind of tell in the comments, somebody really just doesn't know. OK, maybe I might talk to that person. But if I know that somebody's just argumentative, I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not even I'm not doing this with you today. Right. But it's tough. it's tough. And lastly, on that, I will say I have to remember that all over the world, there are Christians who are losing their lives, their jobs. You know, they're having to give up even their, their own their own rights to their body, especially women. Right. Because Christians are some of the most persecuted people, raped, imprisoned, all these things. If they can do all of that, I can take a few negative comments. Right. I feel that. I feel that. I feel that. Ashley May, what's up? She said emotionally triggered. Yes, that is facts. And Ashley, there is Ashley giving you some love right there. Thanks, Ashley. You know, we ain't got no negativity up in here. Um, no, I think that's a good point you made, right? It's about that perspective. And sometimes we allow things to hold too much weight. And again, like part of the reason I do this show and I'm talking about guiding people to their purpose, like in a topic like this, what I'm really, you know, bringing someone like you on for is so that we know that as we're navigating to our quote unquote purpose and all these things we want to do in life, that we have that perspective of understanding, like the balance of being led by the gospel and that like godly success is the success that we want. But sometimes that's not going to look like you want it to. So the world isn't going to like it. And so I do want to say, and I'm curious to have your, your thoughts on this. Like, do you think as believers that we are losing sight of what success really is, or, or maybe a better way to ask is like to directly ask you, like, how do you define success? So let's use something practical. You have a YouTube channel, right? You're releasing videos. How do you like, what do you qualify as success? And how do you manage that desire to, I'm assuming, grow that page with also not being focused on the, on numbers and things like that and more focused on the, you know, the message that, that you're putting out? If I'm being honest, that can be difficult, right? I think an, you can make an idol out of anything. Success feels good, and I think it's fine to want success. But when you have so many people influxing you and telling you how great you are, I think it's very important for us to reel back and say, okay, Lord, remember, 
help me to remember that it's not about me. It's about you. And I think that has been kind of a scary thing that I'm seeing in like this online Christian social media area. Like you can see a little bit of the pride starting to sink in. I'm talking to myself too, right? Um, not that I even have a whole bunch of subscribers. I had a recent, like I had, I think I gained like 10 or 15,000 subs on YouTube this year because of a, a video I did on Beyonce that took me like, I don't know, 30 minutes to record. I've been doing YouTube for four years and all of a sudden I, I went, <laughs> I went viral and it was cool. But like you said, with great victories come great responsibility and, and a lot of negative feedback. Um, so you, you just have to be very careful. And I have to remind myself too, like get in your word, right? So it can't be all about social media and about applause from people. You have to remember that the gospel is at the forefront. And these are real people who are looking. I mean, there's, of course, trolls and robots, too. But a lot right. of these folks will. <laughs> and, yeah, um, yeah I, I would just say for anybody who's interested in content creation, be mentally prepared. Because psychologically, it can be very, very tough. But it is worth it. Because we know that we're fighting against the kingdom of darkness. And they're obviously mad. So a lot of times when you're getting a bad feedback, it a lot of times it means that you're doing something right. So, yeah. I love that. How has for you, like you, you know, growing on social media, right? And and I agree with everything you say, by the way, because because I, I think I actually think it's it's constant. I um one of me and my boy Gabe uh, Gabriel Parker, um, he actually has a podcast, Path, Path of Revelation podcast. Actually, he's a pastor now, the Path of Revelation Church. Um, and one of the things we talk about is the necessary struggle for Christians, right? Like, I think sometimes people have unrealistic expectations and this utopia, this desire for utopia is not, is not godly in my opinion. Um, because I don't see in the Bible anywhere where someone reached some level, never, Hey, David had Goliath. Um, Daniel had the Babylonians, they, uh, Joseph had his brothers, then he had Potiphar's wife. And I mean, Moses had um, Pharaoh, like you could just go on and on. And it's like, you're not going to find someone, you know, Ruth lost her husband, had to go follow Naomi. Like You're, you're just not going to find someone in the Bible who's just like, oh, here I am, pure worldly success. I never have to worry about trials. And sometimes I think we just lose track of the fact that like, hey, there's a necessary struggle as believers and that you're going to have to like, I found myself like this year, this year has been a, a challenging year for me in ways like just in not like in nothing crazy or traumatic, but just like in business and hitting the wall. And like and even during that through success and I'm realizing as a believer, Hey, I might have to chill. Some weeks I didn't do a podcast. Oh man. I, you know, maybe lost a little momentum. And you just got to be willing to kind of go through all of that. So I, I I love that you that you um that you brought that up. Let me ask you this, Miss Titus. Is there a topic you talked a little bit about the the Hebrew Israelites? That's you know where where you started with apologetics. Is there a topic that you just like love, like something that you like? Ooh, like when somebody bring it up, you like this my one. Like I like talking about this, and if so, like what is that? Uh, well, I, there's probably two. So now this obsession I have with talking about the Trinity, the reason for that is because so many cults are anti-Trinity. And I feel like that's a great talking point. If you can show them that their I, their view of God is wrong and the scripture clearly shows God is triune, like that's a great place to start. Right. Um, but recently, so 
I would say for the past year and some change, I talked a lot about fraternities and sororities. Now, I don't know if you're in a fraternity. So if you are, I'm so sorry. But you know, let me say this. <laughs> this is what I love about this show, though. And I want you to know this. I'm not going to answer your question yet. But even if I am in a fraternity, like, I am a believer that, like, I don't, like, we should learn how to hear different perspectives. And I want to, I'm saying that specifically for the emotionally triggered people out there. You have to grow in the spirit to be able to at least like if I'm a frater in a fraternity. Right. And I just cut you off just because you are about to say something that I might disagree with. How do I ever become better? Like we don't have to do that. So I'm gonna let you talk. And what up to my guy being Otis out there? I saw your comment being thanks for watching. All right. So go ahead. If I'm in a fraternity, go ahead. Don't like slice me up. <laughs> I ain't trying to slice nobody. I, I'm not. I'm not in a fraternity, but <laughs> oh but I just I just want you to be comfortable. Oh, that makes things a little bit easier. But I know that is a, a an area that a lot of Christians don't want to touch with the long uh what is it a long pole? I'm sorry. Every yeah. time I be talking in my head, like I know the example I'm trying to use, but I can't remember. Anyway, yeah. ten foot pole, baby. Yeah, there you go. A lot of people don't want to go there for one because a lot of Christians, pastors, all that kind of stuff are in these organizations. Some people who have been very influential on the, the black community, our church communities, our fraternities and sororities. But I just started doing some research on it because I had a comment like, hey, I'm I'm about to be a freshman in college next year. Can you do a video on fraternities and sororities? So I had an experience when I was in college. I tried to get into a sorority. Didn't quite work out. Wasn't quite a, a great experience. <laughs> OK. And so I, after that, I was like, hmm, you know, this is not cool. So I had to take a step back. I was like, OK, Lord. I'm interested in this topic, but I want to do it justice. I don't want to approach it in um, in a way or it, from the perspective of I'm angry at them because I, I wasn't accepted into this group that I really wanted to be a part right. of when I was in college. So I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read their material. I'll read books that, it's, that are written by them. I will read articles that are written by them. I will listen to them talk about their experiences and discuss it from that angle because I think that's the fair, the, the best way to do it. And what I found was that for me, I believe that fraternities and sororities, while this is not, um, I don't want to offend the individual people who are in them, but I think organizationally, I think these are groups that deter people from the gospel. That's just what I have found, just from reading their information, from challenging those who are in these groups. If you look through those comments as well, it's very cult-like, right? So I feel I feel like um, Christians who join them, at some point you're going to compromise. And for, for the most part, I'm talking about like D9 because I, I, I just researched D9. So that's Divine Nine. Those are the Black organizations. Okay. Um, from the research that I found, you're going to compromise. So I don't think that Christians should be a part of that. I'm not saying that if you're in it, that you're not a Christian. There are some apologists who I know who are in fraternities and sororities. They could wipe the floor with me when it comes to like hermeneutics and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not saying, all I'm saying is for yeah. me, it's no. So I, I did a, a deep dive project into that and Freemasonry. And I have a lot more that I want to say about that. I just had to take a break from it because I, you know, life gets in the way. But that is my project that I'm going to probably continue to talk about in the future. So fraternities and Freemasons. Okay. Um, let's see. We got a couple comments. What's up, Rochelle? 
Rochelle say that's how we change listening 100% for sure. That's what this show is about. And that's really like what I'm trying to engage people really to be human because I actually think listening is human. Lola Key, what's up? Lola, how you doing? Thanks for watching. And uh, Cassandra, she just was like, slice this. She telling <laughs> slice it on up. Um, I do look to the to the listeners out there, the watchers, man. I, I do, I do hope this. Like, I'ma just say like something that concerns me in the world today. I I look at look, and I think maybe I'm of the last as an older millennial. I'm like the, I feel like we of the last. Um, I'm saying we, I don't I don't know how old you are, but I'm just saying, like for me, my generation, I feel like we kind of borderline the last one who grew up in the in the real world and were around for the introduction of social media and the internet. And I do think there's a huge advantage to that because like to the generation older than me, my parents and stuff, they they be looking at the iPhone like, what's this thing? They the people that be like on uh they be on uh on Facebook like this with the phone all up, you know, in their face. So they don't know technology as well. Then the younger generation now coming up are like, what's outside? Like they, they scared to go outside and play and things like that. I'm making a point here about this. When you spend time with real human beings, one of the things that I've seen and noticed is that people don't act like human beings on social media. Mm -hmm. So as an example, like me, I've, I've had the pleasure of actually meeting a lot of like, a lot of my followers I've met in real life because I've done music and speaking and been around. And what I always notice is like in real life, how people are, they come up to you. Hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you. It ain't about like no picture or no weird stuff. Just like, I ain't saying the picture is weird, but I'm saying I don't really get that kind of energy. I get people that usually want to talk to me or something. And I'm like, okay, this is very human. And, and, and I'm telling you, I'm liable to say something more controversial in person. I'm the kind of person in person, I am much more liable to say something and people be looking like, and it's like, but once you book me and I'm in your church and I'm talking, I'm here now. So I will, I say some stuff, but I noticed like online, it's the exact opposite. In person, I could say something super controversial, but you see me, you feel me, you like you, you, you try to spirit by the spirit, see what I'm about. But online, you could say the littlest thing and people, like I've said the most simple, basic post. And people will lose their mind, block you, hate you, all of that. And I'm like, no one does this in real life. No one is in McDonald's and hear a conversation talking in front of them and just like walk up to them like, I block you. Like, it doesn't happen. So anyway, I don't know why I went on that tangent. I'm sorry. But I just wanted to say, like, there's a humanness in listening. And I just I appreciate conversations like this. I'm not as um, so I'll say uh, just to say about the fraternity piece, because if somebody watching, I didn't say nothing. They might be like trying to figure out where I'm at. Like, that's not something I am an, an expert on. I have friends, family, people around me that I know that are in fraternities. Right. It's something that intrigues me because I would say personally, I'm not comfortable with it. And there's a specific reason I'm not comfortable with it. I've actually advised people like not to do it as well. Um, but also to your point, there are some prominent, smart people that's in it. And this is the idea where you can have a conversation and it ain't about sending somebody to hell or something. But I do think it's important. The reason I'm uncomfortable with it personally is I've seen some of the documentation, some of the oaths that you have to make. And for me, like I literally read some of the oaths. And I'm like, yo, this is, and I'm talking about this is with no education, like very basic. 
I'm reading it. And I'm like, yo, they literally pledging to a God. And I just don't know for me personally, I would have to, that's a conversation I would be interested in, in hearing and a debate I would be interested in hearing because I want to hear both sides of like how people justify that. But I'm just at that kind of situation. Like it's a no for me. Um, but again, I got friends, followers on Instagram, Facebook, that's in fraternities. I ain't sending y'all to hell, but I do think it's worth the conversation. And um, if, if it's something you're really comfortable with, just like Christianity, that's the beauty of apologetics and debate and things like if you're comfortable with it, you should be able to hear the other side and still land uh, right. kind of in the same place. Uh, let's see. Gerard says, just want Miss Titus to know that he enjoys your videos. Love your channel. And uh, thanks a lot, Gerardo. Yeah, I actually got a couple friends that know you. They, they are familiar with you. So they have seen you. My, my boy Lavelle said the same thing. He's like, man, like, you know, I'm like, OK, cool. So so people know you, you out so here. Much. Praise the Lord. I love y'all. <laughs> that's, that's dope. Um, all right. Be, before we get out of here, um, I want to ask you a couple of, this is like super random questions. Okay. But I saw you make a video about this and I'm going to tell you something just so I can ask, ask you this question. I watched the video on mute. So I don't know what you're going to answer, what your answer is on this. But um, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? And why were you making a video about this? And, and I'm going to be honest with you, like, I, I'm going to let you talk first. Like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? And what significance? This has to be something important behind it because you had a video about it. Whether you remember this video or not, it's on your Instagram page. I don't even remember it. I want to say you the don't. chicken comes first. Okay. <laughs> <Don't tell me laughs> the chicken comes first. You think the chicken comes first? Uh -huh. This is It's a tough one for me because it's like, if the chicken can't, well... All right. The reason I think, OK, there's a reason that I kind of think it's the egg. And that's because I think about when God formed Adam, like even though God created him, like he still mixed like it still was a was a, a some cooking that happened. He wasn't just like, bam, there you go. And I feel like I could see God being like, OK, here's this egg. And then the first chicken ever coming out of that before I could just see the chicken popping up. That was a debate you didn't expect to have on this show. I know. I, I, I did not. I feel like I kind of remember saying something like that, but I can't remember which video it was now. Wow. It's, it's all good. Just tell people you came on Inspire Guys, people. I I, I just shredded you in the, in the debate about the chicken right. and the egg. Like, it's, it's a wrap. Um, no, before we get out of here, first of all, I do really appreciate you. Um, I've enjoyed this. The time went super fast, um, which is a great thing when you're having a good conversation. Um, I want to make sure I give you the last word. So like, just uh, what would you say to the people out there? I know, I know we, um, you know, didn't go into a lot of specifics in apologetics. My goal really was for people to understand the importance of it. And then also hear kind of how you think through some things, but how do you um, stay sharp? Like if a person is out there and they're interested in, in like beginning their journey to get in apologetics, uh, where would you advise them to start and, and go? I would say if you have never read through the scriptures from cover to cover, start there. Get really familiar with the Bible. If you're already there, um, some of my the, the first apologetics books that I read, Lee Strobel, The Case for Christ. Um, ooh, man, now I've read so many books. I'm like, what, what were the first books I read? I know Lee Strobel was one of them. Um, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist by Frank Turek and Norman Geisler. That book, it just shows you how silly it is 
to, to say that there is no God because science overwhelmingly supports the idea of a creator, a God. A lot of people today think it's the universe. Can't be the universe because the universe has a beginning. Albert Einstein even confirms that, right? So if the universe has a beginning, then then who? why is, why is there a beginning? It can't be God if it has a beginning, right? Um, and then I deal a lot with urban apologetics, maybe not as much now as I used to when I first started YouTube, but the book Urban Apologetics that was edited by Pastor Eric Mason is a game changer um, for those who really need to get into the Hebrew Israelite stuff, black atheism, black feminism, all these types of things that are becoming more and more popular within the church. That book, I think every Christian should have it on their shelf because I feel like we're in a time now where pretty much everyone kind of has to know some apologetics. Christianity used to be the, the religion that everybody affirmed and was comfortable with. That's just not where we are now. It's getting much harder to become to be a Christian right now. Um, so I think we really need to equip ourselves. One, because the Bible talks about how people are deceived, people fall away. I don't want to be one of the people that falls away. So therefore, <laughs> I need to be reading my Bible on a regular basis because no matter how many times you've read it, you need to make sure that that you know what's in there, right? And I want to be sharp on the things that are going on in the world. So I, I stay on top of hot topics, not just for clicks, even though people accuse me of that all the time. But I'm like, I'm going to be methodical about these clicks. If y'all want to talk about Tia Maori and her smudging, we're going to talk about it from a Christian perspective, too. And I finally had to get to the point where I'm like, I'm tired of people telling me my opinion doesn't matter because I'm a Christian. Y'all's opinion matters. So does mine. People keep trying to shut up the church and we... We got to come out of that closet. They trying to push us in the closet. We got to come back out of these closets and and say our piece about it, too, because I don't know how much longer we're going to have these freedoms. And so I just want to use it for as long as I possibly can. I'm not sure if that really answers the question. No, but, it does. OK, OK. It does. And I love that you said that, like our, our voices matter. I'm even real realizing that more and more. Um, the more that people are forced, like trying to force opinions and beliefs on you and trying to silence the other side. Again, the importance of something like apologetics is engaging and having conversation and being able to present your side, not just force your side. And I'm going to tell you, anytime someone tries to force something on me, like I'm skeptical of it, like don't force nothing on me, like talk to me. And I see the world engaging in that a lot where they just trying to force their opinions and we got to we got to get out of this emotionally driven state where we just, you know, respond and react to everything without thinking. So I, I love that. Rochelle, Rochelle says something really important. Tell the people to listen to my podcast. That's an inside joke for my followers that you probably are not aware of. But um, I tell people their life is in shambles because they don't listen to this podcast. And I think we just proven that it's true. All right, I got a couple more rapid fire questions before we get out of here. Just real quick. Um, all right. What is your favorite? book of the bible and or scripture Ooh, can i do old testament and new testament i'm with it i'm with it i'm with it okay so in the old testament i love first and second samuel because i love reading about david i mean it's just it's a fun it's a fun book to read exciting or, yeah first and second ones uh i would say in the new testament I love Romans because I just love the the breakdown of theology in the book of Romans. I think every Christian should really pay attention, of course, to the whole Bible. But for me, that book was like, oh, so this is what Christianity is about. So, yeah. Okay. 
favorite Bible person. I don't like to call them characters because then people take it as like they're made up characters. They're people. So your favorite um, or most intriguing person. I know you said you like to read about David. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's who it's going to be. But like, who's your favorite person in the Bible or at least some interesting person or people in the Bible to you? Oh, that's such a good question. You know what? I'm probably going to go with Joseph because that whole masquerade, like him getting his brothers back is pure genius. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's sad. It's like it, it just touches on so many different emotions. So thank you, Joseph. I I, I appreciate all of it. That's my favorite. Um, People who listen to this show know that. And last question, like the most low-key underrated scripture that nobody talks about that blesses your soul hmm. like i'm talking about something that's like you know we i'm like for all the scriptures in the bible it seemed like we go we float around the same 15 to 20 scriptures that everybody knows so i'm always interested like okay like what's the scripture that you don't hear talked about a lot that that people um that 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 blesses you i'm gonna tell you mine while you're thinking Ecclesiastes 1 and 18 for me is one of them, one of many. Um, and that is with much wisdom comes much grief. Um, and I just relate to that because really the more you know, the more the Lord shows you, um, it can grieve you and you have to balance that. And that's where you feel the urgency to have conversations like these because the Lord has allowed you to see like how it all really comes together, what it all really means and the importance of it. So I feel like Ecclesiastes one in 18 is definitely a, um, a unsung hero scripture for me. For me, I actually changed my answer. I was like, oh, should I go here? Or should I go there? <laughs> right. So I think mine would be fear not what man can do to the body, but fear God who has the power to throw both body and soul into hell. Ooh. Yeah, that's a heavy hitter, too. Mm -hmm. That's a heavy hitter. So, all right. You you ended as well right there. Well, look, Miss Titus, I have definitely enjoyed having you on the show. Listen, everybody, if you want to keep up with Miss Titus and everything that she's doing, it's Miss Titus 2 on YouTube. And is it the same on Instagram or is it just Miss Titus? I'm sorry, at Miss Titus on Instagram, I believe. It's just, yeah, right now on TikTok and Instagram is just at Miss Titus. Yep. And like I said, check out the description of the show if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or uh, YouTube. I think Facebook is the only one where you don't have the description there. So uh, just you know, type in and search Miss Titus on Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube. She has some amazing videos. I didn't even get to ask all the questions I had because we had such a great conversation. But thank you. And, uh, you know, we got to keep in touch and let's try to do this again. All right. Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate it.